What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what it is. It's your boy, Big Zoo, and it is time to Jets right here on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is you happen to be listening right now. Appreciate you doing so. Please remember, hit that five-star review. Please leave a comment. Those help get more eyes on the podcast. Appreciate you doing that. Remember to subscribe so that you are able to be informed when the podcast drops. So hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you are listening right now. You know what that is, what platform it is. You know what it is. Hit that. And, of course, hit me on the Twitter machine, at Zubeard77. I mean, another, oof, another one for the Jets. I mean, this was a tough game to watch. It wasn't necessarily a bad uh, performance or non-competitive. It was very competitive, if you want me to be honest with you. It was just not a great game. It was a really brutal game to uh, to have to sit down and watch. So please send me your thoughts on it. At Zubeard77 on the Twitter, I love the interaction. I love reading out the best comments right here, live to you guys on the podcast, in the post game. So please make sure to... Uh, to follow me there and uh, let me know what you guys are thinking. But I got to get right on into it, guys. This is uh, this was another, another tough game to watch. But if I'm being completely honest, this was a game where the Jets overall just made way more mistakes than the than the Dolphins did. I mean, you look up and down this uh, this performance. Communication was the one thing that kept coming up to me. Every single time you saw a failure for the Jets and you watched a play over, there was some kind of communication issue. Either somebody didn't know they were supposed to be covering a guy, somebody didn't know they were supposed to be blocking a certain guy, people didn't even know that guys were lined up to blitz. I mean, those are all communication issues that fall upon these players to do a better job, to kind of just... I mean, be conscious and do what you're supposed to do out there. It's one thing if you get beat. It's one thing if, you know, you're just not as good as the guy. But when you're just putting yourself in bad position because you don't understand what you're looking at, that's kind of a fundamental flaw of you as a player. So you need to, com- you need to be able to fix that and show that you are getting better. And I'm going to quickly just get into uh Elijah Vera Tucker because I mean I just have the highest hopes for him so I don't want to make it sound like I'm bashing him here because I'm not but he's had a couple of uh a couple of games in a row where there's been some communication issues with him McGovern and today there was a a really bad uh little issue where he uh he let a guy come in unblocked between him and Fant so you look at that and you realize that's probably a Somewhere there was a lost in translation with him and Fant, but when you're looking at Vera Tucker and he's got nobody lined up on him, you figure he was probably the guy who was supposed to pick him up. So I got to look at Vera Tucker and I got to, as a rookie, he gets a little bit of a, you know, a pass and you can uh, kind of figure it out. But at the same time, he needs to start showing some improvement there because I've seen this a couple of times from him and it's just one of those issues that it's a fundamental flaw and it's something that needs to be corrected early on in a guy's career because if it's not, then it's going to 
continue to compound itself into a bigger issue as you try to grow that offensive line, as you try to put younger guys around him, as you make him hopefully, and what I think that he can be is a rock in this line the same way that Quentin Nelson is for the Indianapolis Colts. So with those type of, you know, those types of, um, you know, expectations put upon him, I do, I do have a little bit of a, a harder time watching him and a harder time saying like, I can let this go because where I look at some guys in the secondary who I know won't be here next year or even next week, maybe I, I can just, I can forgive it or maybe not forgive it, but just forget it. I can't forget it. I can't let it go with uh, Vera Tucker. I can forgive it. I just can't let it go. It needs to be corrected. It needs to be fixed and it needs to be done very soon. Otherwise, like I said, this is going to be an issue that continues to get worse and worse as he gets older as a player. And as you put more and more responsibility on him to make these calls, to make these reads, to call out what you're going to be doing in blocking schemes. I mean, you just can't have something like this continue to happen. And he's not the only one though. So don't, don't take this as me uh, putting shots on him because McGovern isn't doing a good job. Obviously fans not doing a great job either. The entire line is having issues, but I just had to spe- specifically go and say something about AVT because I have the highest expectations for him out of anybody on this line. So I'm going to demand a little bit more. Um, but with that being said, the communication issues were all up and down the field. And I had mentioned the secondary. The secondary was terrible today. And it's not necessarily a representative secondary of what this Jets team should be. But what was on the field for the Jets today might have been one of the worst secondaries to ever put on uniforms and go out and play in the history of the NFL. And I don't say that lightly. And I mean, yeah, there's a, there's some years before my time where I'm sure there were games where they were just awful, disrespectful to the sports secondaries and just people that got torched and lit up out there. But what was going on today, the, the lack of discipline, the complete just failure to understand how to to defend on an NFL level there were players out there that were playing multiple that were playing way too many snaps double digit number of snaps that probably don't even deserve to be on NFL practice squads this was a very very bad display today it was awful to look at some of these guys out there i mean Everybody had a bad game. I will uh I will give one quick shout out. The good of it all was Bryce Hall. I mean, he didn't have a spectacular game or anything, but he was pretty good. He limited Jalen Waddle to eight I mean, limited to him to eight catches, but when Waddle caught the ball, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't really do very much of anything in general. But he made a couple of difficult grabs, got a couple first downs, but it is what it is. Hall had a pretty good game, in my opinion, if you're looking at it from top to bottom. Also, I'll give Michael Carter a quick shout. It was a difficult day for him, but I think he's a guy who has potential. So I don't want to necessarily coop him in with everybody else here. But the rest of the secondary was atrocious. I mean, Ashton Davis, he's he's just not learning from any of his mistakes in coverage. He needs to figure it out like ASAP. He needs to stop 
relying on his speed and start to figure out how to read receivers, how to read routes and how to put himself in a better position to succeed when he's guarding players. I mean, he got a pick today and that's great, but he wasn't, he wasn't guarding anybody. That was a tip and he caught it. It was a bad, I mean, and not a tip, but a bad throw. And he, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time and took a nice dive and caught it. Great catch, great play, great awareness. But when you're watching him play the safety position and every time there's a guy coming at him and then he makes a little cut move, he's going to the wrong side. He is buying where they're going immediately on the cut. And as soon as they break it back, he's already working from a completely like behind the eight ball position. It's happened so many times to him now. And it's starting to get... It's starting to get to the point where you wonder what the heck is this guy doing? Does he does he know how to cover? Does he know how to play any type of zone coverage? And I mean, I I just don't know what to do with Ashton Davis because he has physical tools. He's he's not a bad player. He can tackle. He puts in a lot of effort, but he just this guy does not know how to play zone right now, and he's not making any type of progress. I need to see something from him. I need to see him making at least some type of change to his game where he's not putting himself in these awful positions, getting turned around on one move by receivers every single time they're coming at him. It's every single time. I can't do it anymore with him. But he's not the only one. The safeties were trash. I mean, that's that's nothing new. And they kind of have been all year, even when Marcus May was healthy. They've been pretty terrible. But today was extra special. And, I mean, not having, basically having two safeties on the field who are more of a, more of a, a inhibitant on your team. They they hurt your chances to actually succeed. It, it's insane. I've never I've never seen that before. I've never seen a secondary that actively worked against their defense and their their team in general. I mean, not that the defense was working at all that much today. I mean, they 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 held the Dolphins to twenty four points, but still, <laughs> it wasn't anything spectacular. It's nothing to write home about. But I'm just so disappointed and so disgusted by this secondary and their lack of ability to put anything together. And I get it. There's a lot of guys who aren't going to be playing in this league, who aren't going to be playing on this team going forward. But these are guys that you're playing with. So unless you're telling me that literally nothing matters, that nothing matters, that I'm just watching Bryce Hall, I'm just watching Michael Carter, and that everything else that happens doesn't mean anything to me, then I guess I can buy that, but what are you doing if you're if that's what we're doing here? We're not really developing much. You need to be able to win to develop a culture, I feel. You need to be able to at least, you know what I mean, make progress to develop a culture. And right now, if it feels to me that a lot of guys are taking steps backwards. I mean, Michael Carter has taken a couple of steps backwards over the last couple of weeks. Bryce Hall, while I've given him some praise, and he did have a decent game today, a pretty good game in my opinion, but he's not taking any steps forward. He's kind of just staying where he is, and I need to see him start to take some steps forward if I'm going to believe that he's a guy who's going to 
you know, be able to fill a, an elite level corner. I mean, I don't think he's going to reach that level, but even as an elite level two, I, I'm not sure right now. He's not showing it to me, but he, he has that potential. He just needs to start playing like it. Other than him, though, this secondary today was trash. And God bless Michael Carter. He's a guy who I think is going to play at this level at the slot corner position for a little while. But he was getting completely exposed today when he had to guard in uh, man coverage because he is not a good man-to-man guy. Um, another tough day, though, for the secondary. Another tough day for the defense. And I mean... When you see it's a tough day for the secondary, you know that probably meant it was a tough day for the defensive line. Uh, (laughs) And it was a tough day for that D-line. And I I don't know how many more of these we can do before we just absolutely look at ourselves in the mirror and we say that this defensive line is a pathetic group and they have no chance of getting better this season and they really aren't anything worth writing home about going forward. I mean, Quentin Williams is a good player, don't get me wrong. And he's a guy who, when he's 25, 26, 27, is probably going to be a very, very good force in this league. But he's a long ways from getting there right now. And he still is learning, and he's still becoming that that dominant all-pro player. I'm willing to wait for it, but at the same time, it's it's just frustrating because you're relying on him so heavily right now with the lack of any other production from this defensive line. And when he's not getting at a quarterback, you're not getting any type of any type of pressure from this team. I mean, they had one QB pressure to, QB hit today, and that was from John Franklin Myers. Who, yes, I mean, listen. We gave him big money, and he really hasn't been doing too much of anything. He got three tackles today, but John Franklin Myers is another guy that if he's not going to do anything, this team is going to have major, major issues. They're going to have major problems going forward, and honestly, in my opinion, I don't think that we even need to look too much at this defensive line because most of the guys on it aren't going to be here next year, and I mean, there's a chance that you might not even see Quinn and Williams on it next year. With a guy coming into a fourth year on a contract, as good as Quinn and Williams is, uh, at a position like, you know, defensive tackle, that's something where you can see a team move it. And I really hope they don't because I like Quinn, but man, if you can get yourself back a first round pick and maybe a third or something with it, you got to take that because you're not going to get that type of uh, production that you need out of Quinton Williams anytime soon, and it's not really worth sitting on unless you really want to commit to him. And paying John Franklin Myers what you're paying him, it's going to be hard to commit to Quinton Williams long-term with money, especially with the way that this team is shaking out right now. You're going to need to get some players at other positions, so that money is going to need to be spread around pretty uh, diligently. So I'm not sure you're going to want to be paying Quinn and Williams a premium price tag if you're not able to get rid of John Franklin Myers or uh, figure out something else in terms of that cap space. But I like Q. It's just him and the rest of his D-line are not doing anything right now. They're working into the blocks. They're literally just 
running upfield and not working on their containment, not holding their assignments, they're not paying attention. It's it's like a bunch of it's like a bunch of rookies, and unlike the secondary, they're not rookies. These are guys that have been in the league for a couple of years, and they should know better, and they just don't, and that's a problem, and that's a coaching issue. And at the end of the day, we can blame Rob Sala. Rob Sala's not going anywhere. This is all part of the plan, if we're being completely honest. This season is a wash, and they are going to end up with four or five wins. And at the end of the day, we're going to look back and we're going to say, huh, you know what, that wasn't a terrible season. It wasn't a good season, but it wasn't terrible. And that's all you need to get by right now if you're Rob Sala. Jeff Ulbrich, on the other hand, is going to be the pound of flesh that goes at the end of the year because this defense is hapless. This defense is pathetic. Somehow this defense is making C.J. Mosley look like he he's quitting out there. I mean, I don't want to say that because I think C.J.'s got a big, big heart and he plays with a lot of emotion, but it's either that or he's losing every bit of game that he had from the beginning of the year and he's fallen off a complete cliff and is almost useless. You could say in terms of playing him in that uh, linebacker position, because he's costing the team more than he is helping them with his play, with his lack of tackling, with his lack of wrapping up with his lack of leadership, to be completely honest, the last couple of weeks, losing his temper, losing his cool out there. It's just, it's, it's, it's not looking like, CJ is very, very well put together. And I got to put that on the coach to a degree because you have a player like CJ Mosley and this is happening. It, it, I mean, and amongst everything else that's happening as well. So don't get me wrong. It's not just CJ Mosley, but it's just, you got to put some on Jeff Woolbrick and this is it right here. And he's going to be the guy that goes and somebody is going to go at the end of the year because the fans are going to demand something. And this defense is going to get torched at some point again. The Dolphins suck. The Dolphins have a terrible offense. And we didn't get to the quarterback and make a sack once. Their offensive line sucks. Tua is not very good. But he looked pretty damn good today. He had a 108 QBR. He threw two tutties, one pick. He had a good day. <laughs> it, it, there, there aren't too many times that you can say that about Tua. And he did that against us today. So that should tell you what you need to know about this defense right now. And I can talk all day about it. I could talk all day about the bad penalties. I could talk all day about the lack of discipline in terms of jumping off sides and in terms of, you know, uh, keeping your coverage. But I'm going to leave that all right there because I feel like I've done the defense enough damage today. And I'll go on to the offense, which, if I'm being completely honest, wasn't terrible. They didn't have a great game. We're not going to write home about it. But if if we're being honest with ourselves, they look pretty serviceable. They look pretty good. I mean, Mike LaFleur is proving himself to be an NFL offensive coordinator. And I have to say I'm I'm happily surprised. And I will happily eat crow on it. Although, I mean, we still have to see more in order to... Uh, be fully sure, but right now, the guy has proven himself to be a really good uh, play caller and 
have to give credit where credit is due. I was bashing the guy at the beginning of the year, but he's he works. When he has a quarterback who is willing to run this offense, this offense can run. And Joe Flacco was willing to run that offense today, going 24-39, 291 yards, two tutties, no picks. He had that one awkward fumble. I guess you could kind of call it a pick, but they called it a fumble. And his QBR was 101.6, which is, you know, pretty good. I mean, none of that is out of this world. It's nothing that, you know, again, nothing you're going to write home about. But a solid performance that made for a respectable game and kept us in it. No turn. I mean, outside of the fumble, like I said, which maybe you could call it a pick. But outside of that, clean. And he was making quality passes putting the ball where only his guys could get it and hitting dudes and making them make catches and make plays and allowing them to putting them in position to have room to make plays. That was be- It was a beautiful thing to watch. If I'm being completely honest with you, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't poetry in motion like the uh, Kansas city chiefs or, you know, if you want to consider the Dallas Cowboys right now, offense, but, they were good. They were solid. I mean, Elijah Moore had a game. Michael Carter had a game. Michael Carter, nine rushes, 63 yards. I would have liked to have seen them giving him the rock a couple more times rushing. I think the game called for it. And not doing that, I mean, I get it. There were a couple of ones where he got bottled up and then the drives died right after that. But for the most part, he was breaking some ankles out there with the moves that he was putting on dudes. And he was getting out of the backfield even when there were two or three guys that he had to beat. He was getting out of the backfield and gaining two, three, four, five, and breaking off for eight, nine yards. I would have loved to have seen Michael Carter get 15, 16 carries today because I think he would have won over 100. And I'm a little disappointed that they they kind of went away from him. They gave you know Tevin Coleman a few more carries, and he had a good game, but I just, I just wish they would have given it to Michael Carter because – it would have been nice to have seen him get over 100 on the ground today for the first time. But still a solid performance. We'll take it for right now out of Carter in a game where he kind of was an afterthought in the passing game. Only had one target. He brought it in two yards. Nothing special. I mean, especially compared to what he's been doing lately, catching upwards of, you know, 10, 10 balls and going for you know, 80, 90 yards. So this was a very tame game for him. Hopefully he comes back next week, continues that rushing effort that he's been putting forward, and uh, we can pick up where we left off. But the the story of the day offensively, and maybe for the whole team, the positive story of the day for the whole team, Elijah Moore, the young man who we said, keep an eye on him coming into the game. They need to get him the ball, and I think that Joe Flacco is going to get him the ball. Joe Flacco got him the ball. Joe Flacco was looking for Elijah Moore. He was making a conscious effort to make sure he got him involved. And I got to be honest with you, it paid off great. Eight catches, 141 yards, a touchdown for Elijah Moore. He also had a carry for 15 yards. Totaled all that together, 156 yards. Oof. I mean, that's, that's what you're looking for. That's what we've been waiting for. I mean... Elijah's been getting on to uh, better and better games the last couple of weeks, scoring touchdowns. 
He's got now, I think, four touchdowns over his last four games. He's really starting to heat up, and you love to see it. I, I said I think this was a spot where he could go over 100 yards just because I thought they were going to pepper it to him. They did, and this is the type of dude that he is. He, he's got potential to be very special, people. I mean, this is a guy that we should uh, not take for granted, and this is the type of build that you get when you're uh, you're finding a dude who can uh, potentially be part of your future. It's nice to see, right? You we actually have a draft pick that could be, you know, a player. How about that? I'll give uh, I'll give a little credit where credit is due to Joe Douglas. That was a nail. That was a perfect hit with Elijah Moore. And I like Michael Carter as well. This is uh, those two right there are nice, solid pieces for this offense to continue to build with, along with Vera Tucker. And hopefully, hopefully, when they're both healthy, you can add Makai Becton and Zach Wilson to that list. And you take all of those guys, put them together, and that's a nice little young core to, uh, to build alongside for the next 10 years, hopefully. But I mean, today, if we're looking at just that, it was another tough one for this team, and uh, I want to hear what you guys had to say. So uh, remember, in the future, hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zoobeard77, and I will read the best tweets out live right here on the post game. So uh, make sure to subscribe here as well. Time to Jets. But uh, let's get right down to the boogie. We got my man Eddie B, NYC. What up, Eddie? You have a franchise wide receiver now moving forward. We'll find out if you have a franchise quarterback. That's what Eddie chimes in and says. And I mean, bro, you're uh, you jumping me here. The franchise wide receiver. I was just uh, I'm waxing poetic about Elijah Moore. I'm not ready to call him a franchise wide receiver, but what he did today, one of the best rookie wide receiver performances that the Jets have had since Lavernius Coles which is over 20 years ago. I mean, I don't remember that performance. I was probably alive, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I was probably like four or five years old. Um, the, it's special. It is special to watch, and I hope they continue to get him involved, get him involved in the run game too. I want to see everything that this kid can be for us, and let's see it right now let's see what we can do let's test him out because next year when we come and we're trying to uh you know figure out who are who our real pieces are who our number one guys are who are the guys we can rely on we're gonna know what we could get out of Elijah Moore we're gonna be able to say okay Elijah's gonna be able to come on the jet sweeps he's gonna be a reliable guy across the middle he's gonna be making plays and I think that's what you have to do the rest of the season see what Elijah Moore is going to be for this team going forward. And I won't get ahead of myself because he might be part of my three takeaways, but I think he's got a bright future. My man, Chuck Vandaloo, Vindaloo hopping in next at Lord Neil. Elijah is good. That's it. Short and simple. I mean, there was a little bit better, but I agree with you, man. Elijah's the dude right now. That's what you take out of the game. If nothing else, take Elijah Moore being a good player out of this game. Kevin Lynch up next. They have almost no talent on defense. They continue to take just dumb penalties. The coaching is still a big question mark. And while Flacco was fine, still made zero sense why he played. 
I mean, you saw why he played. He 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 proved himself worthy, throwing all those passes on the money to Elijah Moore, getting him passes that he could haul in, and kind of giving him the opportunity to prove himself. I think that's enough. You know what I mean? That that's what you kind of wanted to see out of Flacco today, and he pushed it downfield. He made some passes that you know Mike White was not going to make. And you got to give him credit for that. Even if you didn't want to trade the six-round pick for him, even if you don't really want him here right now, watching that game, you had to be saying to yourself at some point, he probably should have been the guy starting the season as the quarterback. Because I know I did. Uh, Joe and Clark, our man, hops in next. Joe, oof, coming with the heat. At least we have future pro bowlers going forward and John Franklin Myers and Amendola. Yeesh, yeah. Amendola, Amendola had a tough day, and I don't want to crush the guy. He's a kicker. You know, he missed a 55-yarder. That's completely understandable. And uh, the 40-yarder, though, you got to kind of bang that through. That, that's got to be a chip shot for you. And I'm making it sound easy. Obviously, Sanders went down and missed a, a similar distance one to end the half. But when you're a, a rookie and you're a guy who's proven himself to this league, you got to be putting those 40 yarders through. And unfortunately, he just dinked one off there today, and it just didn't didn't happen for him. The 55 yarder would have been good too. That was whew, that was a shot. And I mean, I still like Amendola. I like that leg. It's obviously strong. He would have put that 55 yarder through if it didn't go off the upright, but. You know, unfortunately, it went off the upright, and you only get so many of those before people say, eh, is this guy really worth having around? I'm not at that point with Amendola yet, so I'm not going to complain. Section 315, row 6 says, Salah is in over his head. Oof. Ah. I don't know. No comments on that one right now because I'm not sure what Salah. I don't know if, I don't think he's over his head because... I'm starting to believe that this is just what they thought was going to happen the whole time, and the only thing that they didn't expect to happen is Wilson get hurt. So I don't see him being over his head at all. I think he kind of sees this as being right where right where they want to be, right on track kind of, maybe a loss behind schedule, but I don't think he's too broken up about it. I think they saw themselves as a five-win team, and I think they're on pace to get there still in their heads. Walter Monroe hops in with how is Miami only a two and a half point favorite? No respect. Uh Walter coming coming at us with the heat. Edward Shanahan. Wow. Okay. Sala was the wrong hire. Sets the Jets back five years. I don't know about that, Eddie. That's really tough, man. We gotta take it easy right now. Sala Sala's not that bad. He's not he's not bad enough where we should be calling for his job quite yet. Like he's still there are still things that need to happen for for calls for his job to happen. Like they need to lose a couple of games by, you know, thirty or forty points, and they need to give up forty or fifty a few more times in order for there to be serious thought that Robert Sal is not going to be a part of this Jets team next season. Um let's see, Kenny add Kenny Rybread. S- safeties are garbage. Thank you for uh Thank you for the agreement there, Kenny. Um, 
Let's see, what do we got? Big boys, 18, nothing left to say anymore, Zoo. I mean, I would join you there, but I still got to get three takeaways for the episode, so I can't quite yet (laughs) say there's nothing else to say, but we're almost at that point in the show. Um, Bleeding me at Salman Bass Boy. Sorry, bro, at Salmon Bass Boy. Both teams suck. That was a terrible game today, brother. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you chiming in though. And Gary Garcia, you'll be our last one for today. Kicker sucks. Damn. <laughs> Amendola getting a lot of hate. Defense commits terrible penalties. Absolutely. Like I said, these are a lot of scrubs that I don't expect to be around too much longer, but they're here right now. So they should be doing better than what they are. It's a lot of stupid penalties that show that you're not. You're not really made for this league. You're just completely undisciplined. But we'll leave that where it is because penalties were bad, but overall the defense was atrocious, so I can't just put it on the penalties. And then last point from Gary, nothing more you can say. (laughs) There is nothing more I can say, I guess. But with that being said, let's hit the three takeaways so we can... We can't get on with our night. Sorry, guys. I'm a little uh, little brainwashed here. I had a couple too many Bud Lights, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But uh, takeaway number one, let's get to it. The offensive line still has major, major, major issues. And, I mean, these aren't things that are going to change anytime soon. They're not going to be fixed by the end of the year. It is what it is. Duvernay Tardif... I mean, he, he, he was slightly better maybe than Van Rotten, but it was his first game out there. This offensive line didn't really have too much chemistry on the right side. The left side had really bad communication issues for a group that's played together now for the entire season, essentially, outside of a half. So for that to be true, it's kind of tough to understand how those issues are still happening, but... You hope those things can improve, at least in the in least for Vera Tucker, because you want to see him start to, you know, really hit on all cylinders by the time we get to week sixteen, week seventeen, week eighteen. Um, everybody else, I mean, you look at the starters on this line, maybe maybe Duvernay Tardif comes back next year. Fant will probably be here, but he'll probably be on the right side. Other than that, it'll be Vera Tucker and then Becton and two new guys at the center and the right guard position, most likely. And, I mean, it's hard to judge everyone when that's the case. But they need to be better to keep guys upright. And when Zach Wilson gets healthy, this offensive line needs to be way better than they were today getting Joe Joe Flacco crushed almost half the times that he was dropping back to make a pass. So respect to Joe for taking those hits, and I mean, got to get better on the O-line, though. And I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Number two takeaway, we got the defense, and the defense is a ways away. And I thought after a couple of games this year that the defense was going to be a pretty Strong point for this team, or at least something that would help them win a couple of games. And the defense is awful. They suck. They are two or three years away from being respectably, not respectably good, but 
a defense that teams don't want to go up against. And that's really utterly shocking to me. I, I was not expecting that coming into the year. C.J. Mosley looks like a shell of himself. I mean, you might have something in Bryce Hall as a guy who could start and be a number two guy going forward, but I don't see anybody else in that secondary, you know, really setting the world on fire and saying, you know, with their play that they should be a starter for this team in the future. The defensive line is a joke. I mean, there is nobody on there that should feel safe about themselves except for John Franklin Myers, who just got paid. But everybody else should think that they need to play way better than they do. Otherwise, they might be going home. But regardless of if everybody steps up and plays to the max of their abilities, this defense is still going to be two or three years away because they're going to do the same thing that they're doing this year again next season, maybe with a couple of new additions. That's about it. And number three, final takeaway, this is the big boy, Elijah Moore. This might sound crazy, but he's potentially the franchise wide receiver of this team. And I'm willing to put a crazy, crazy little comparison for you here because I thought about it when he made one of these, a nice little strong catch for about five, six yards to start his day. And I thought to myself, this is a guy who could be like Steve Smith in a couple of years, who could be a dude who can just, he might not be the biggest guy, he might not be the fastest guy. He might be the fastest guy, though. But he's just a dude who is going to be scrappy. He's going to catch balls. Anything that he can get his hands on, he's going to catch. And I love that. I like that about him. He seems to be reliable. He seems to be a strong team guy. And I just want to keep seeing him get peppered with targets and keep developing because that's what it's about right now, people. It's about developing this young talent and continuing to get better with them. But that's about all I got for you guys today. Remember to hit that subscribe, leave that five-star rating, and a comment. Appreciate y'all for doing that. Follow me on Twitter, at Zubeard77. Hit me up. Let me know what you guys thought about today's performance. And uh, let me know what you guys are thinking during the week. Happy Thanksgiving. I will talk to you guys beforehand, but I want to make sure that for those who... You know, might be uh, traveling and might not be listening or might be at their family's house, might not listen to the next episode before Thanksgiving. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Enjoy it. Please take some time to uh, give thanks for the things in your life that bring you joy. So obviously not the Jets right now, but in a few years, I think we'll be back on track. <laughs> and with all that being said, guys, I will... Uh, I will say that there's nothing more for me to say, just like everybody told me on Twitter. <laughs> so, I will bid you all adieu. Peace!